to The Journey Podcast. The Journey is a college and young adult ministry of South Crest Baptist Church. We hope this podcast helps you find your greatest pleasure and purpose in Jesus. Amen. It's going to be hard to follow that. So thanks a lot, man. Thank y'all for leading us so well uh, tonight. Y'all, I got to tell you from, from the get-go, I'm, I'm pretty fired up about what we're gonna talk about tonight. We've been in this series called, series called Liar, Liar. And where that came from um, is several different inspirations. Uh, there was one book specifically written by a guy named Shane Pruitt, um, Nine Common Lies That Christians Believe. And I decided to kind of take that and even kind of think, man, I'm trying to remember whenever I was in, in college and, and even now talking with a lot of you, what are some maybe things kind of floating around, common maybe misconceptions, common lies that we would believe. And so we're gonna keep diving into that. Next week, that series will end. And what we're gonna do after spring break is we're going to dive into a series in the book of Ephesians called Amazing Grace. I've never read Ephesians, lots of beautiful gospel deep passages. If you don't know what I mean by that, just uh, so much to say about Jesus, how much he loves us, what grace is, what mercy is. I'm super pumped, but just wanna let you know that is where we are going. So I think last week, I'm not gonna say who it was, um, I heard a story that inspired the exact direction that I want to go tonight. Our lie that we're gonna look at tonight is revolving around the Bible, what we believe about the Bible. And there was a student from the journey that was sitting in a class, in a classroom, um, and what they began to do, the professor began leading a discussion, if you can call it that, really about Christianity and about about faith, and instead of being a, an actual discussion based on any data or whatever, it basically became a like Christian slamming session and, and saying all, all the, the so-called stereotypes, oh, Christians are judgmental, oh, like they must be unintelligent to believe in something you can't see. It kind of, sort of that kind of idea. And, and what I heard, this is what really fired me up, right? Again, I'm not fired up towards you guys, I'm fired up towards the lie that Satan would drop in that classroom in this moment, is it three different times in a classroom at Texas Tech, yes, I can say that, this was said, that we are too smart to read the Bible in 2022. Three different times. We're too smart to read the Bible. We're, we're too advanced. Look at us. All five foot eight, 200 pounds of me. I'm, look, I must be really advanced, right, for the Bible, yeah. I obviously have lots of things to say about that. So in your own classrooms, in your very context, in a setting where you should be maybe having some sort of objective discussion or able to share from a professor who many of you may have similar situations, you're gonna maybe write papers for them or whatever, is automatically assuming that you must be a lowly, unintelligent person to believe this lie. And what's very interesting as I probed into this and dug into how this setting worked, eventually the question got asked to a bunch of people in the class. It came up. They were like, yeah, 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 that's, that, that's dumb. But who would read the Bible? Like what idiot would, would still use that for their life? And the question came up, if any of them had read the Bible, and they were like, no. <laughs> There's a bunch of people trashing the Bible, slamming, slamming the Bible. They've never read it. Guys, that's like, 
me saying that I'm too smart for biology because I've never read the book. Like, I, I can tell you one thing. Like, I'm growing in this. I feel like, man, I, I'm growing in the word. Coroads does not outsmart biology, okay? I'll just tell you that now. Just because I haven't read it, that's like saying, hey, you know what? Advil doesn't work. <laughs> Why do you say that? Well, I've never read how to take it. It's like, what, what kind of logic are we working with here? As y'all can tell, I'm fired up. And so, what I wanna do tonight is, is I, I want to, it's the lie behind me yet. We're too smart to read the Bible in 2022. Here is the truth from the get-go. Here's where we're going. The truth is, is that we need the Bible more than ever now in 2022. We need it more than we ever have before. And so what we're going, they're going to put that truth up for you note takers here in a minute. Um, there, there's a lot of directions that I could go with this. There are packets um, around your chairs. If you don't have one, there are even some more up here I can print out. There should be enough for everybody. Uh, those are for you guys, all right? What those include is something I'm gonna talk about here in just a minute, a Bible reading method, and then there are lots of notes that are basically taken from talks that I've done over the years about apologetics, defending the authenticity of the Bible. That is a small free gift for you. If that's interesting to you, go for it. If it's not, we please not throw it away because I may use it in the future, just leave it in the chairs. But I thought of how I could approach it tonight and, and what I wanna do, you know what I wanna do? I, I wanna let the Bible speak for itself tonight. Can we do that? What does the Bible say about itself? Does that, that seem fair? Does it seem fair if we're gonna make an evaluation about what we think about the Bible, maybe to read it? Does that, does that seem fair? Okay, I know that's like doctoral level like stuff, like argumentation I'm using, but we're, we're, gonna, we're, gonna, we're gonna get through it. So what I want you to do is turn to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. 2 Timothy 3, verse 16. Hey, Lydia, y'all didn't cheer this time. Aren't y'all supposed to cheer when I open the Bible? <laughs> but... The joke's on you guys already had the Bible open while y'all were praying. I was up here anyway, so yeah, so you missed it. Last week, I didn't know, I didn't know why people were cheering. It's because I opened the Bible, which is a good thing to cheer about. Real quick. Hey, I am fired up because I care about you. I don't want you doubting how amazing of a book God's word is the Bible. Y'all tracking with me? Just get a nod. Can I tell you something else? A lot of those people in that classroom, they probably have a past to where that's coming from. Y'all tracking? Hurting people hurt people. People that have been hurt by maybe someone using this book to leverage power over them are likely not gonna have a lot of nice things to say about this. And so as I'm fired up, I want you to know that, that that is my posture. And I pray that as we continue in this, that you would, would have that same posture with me because my hope is that that professor and those people in that classroom might know the truth of what we're gonna talk about tonight. Y'all get on board with that? All right, Cole's gonna settle down now. All right, 2 Timothy chapter three, verse 16 to 17. I've read this many times, past two years, very helpful. It starts with this, verse 16. All scripture 
is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Okay, so we, we've said we're the liars, we're too smart to read the Bible. The truth is we need the Bible more than ever in 2022. I'm sorry I went out of order, guys. I, I wanna show you just an example of maybe why this lie is, is believed. There's some stats up here. I think we have them. What I was reading, this is from like Barna or Lifeway Research. Only five to seven percent of Christians have read their entire Bible. Okay, that's young and old. And only one third claim to read their Bible daily. And in that daily, I would probably say more like four plus times a week, okay? And so I want you to just keep that in mind that what we're gonna, what, what we're gonna say about the Bible, what we're gonna read about it, what we're gonna discover, probably if, if everyone was on the same page with what we're about to say, I think those percentages are gonna go up. So one more case, this lie is believed not only in the world, but I think many Christians may, be, may believe that they don't actually need scripture. And so 2 Timothy 3, 16 to 17, we read it together. The question tonight is, why do we need the Bible more than ever in 2022? And the first answer that I wanna look at is we need the Bible because it is enough for our greatest needs, okay? It is enough for our greatest needs. So look and see how it says all scriptures read that by God, and then it says it's profitable. Right? What does profitable mean? Anybody know? It's worth your time. In a money context is the time you're gonna spend, the money you're gonna spend, is it gonna make more money, right? So your time digging into God's word is what it's saying already is that you're gonna yield a profit. You're gonna see something positive gain from diving in and being in the word. And it's profitable for teaching. It's teaching and learning. You're gonna, I use this to teach all the time, every week. I can say it's very profitable. You can learn from it. We all can learn from it. For correction, we maybe need some guidance in our life. For training in righteousness, you know how another way I would say that? How to walk like Jesus walked. You're gonna see it here. That the man of God or woman of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. And so what it's basically saying is the Bible is enough to know what this whole life is about, where we came from, why we're here, and what we're supposed to do about it. The Bible tells us who God is. Genesis 1, in the beginning, he's created. The Bible tells us who we are. We are created by God. We're created for God. We are created in the image of God. We're supposed to be living active reflections of God's character everywhere we go. The Bible tells us our need for Jesus. The Bible introduces us to Jesus, how to be saved from our sin by believing in his death on the cross for our sins to, to forgive us and that he rose from the dead to conquer sin and death forever. And then how to live now. And so in all reality, the Bible is not only enough, the Bible is more than enough for our greatest needs. And some of you are thinking like, no, 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 like our greatest needs are, are food and shelter and a job. And I'm like, okay, hey, I'll, I'll, I'll play ball with that idea. I get it. Yes, reading the Bible 24-7 is not practically probably going to help you pick up the phone and call someone and get a job, okay? Like maybe there's a proverb that talks about diligence, but what I'm talking about in the greatest needs, if we wanna get really down to brass tacks, if we really wanna get down to it, is that it would be better to die poor on the outside than live with all the money the world can buy. And in reality, what would happen, your earthly poverty ended at death and you entered into an eternity of riches in heaven with Jesus. You know why? 
because you knew the essential things. You had what you needed. You knew how to have a relationship with your creator, right? Friend, we can live a life with a full belly, a massive house, and the best job on earth, and die having totally missed the point. <laughs> having totally missed the point. And this book right here is the key to understanding, do you actually know what life is about? <laughs> do you know why you have breath in your lungs? <laughs> do you know actually why, the ultimate why, your heart beats? We need the Bible. The Bible's gonna tell us that, and it is enough for our greatest need to know who God is, how to have a relationship with him. Next is, as we look through these passages, through these verses, we need the Bible because the Bible is clear. The Bible is clear, all right? So how many times have maybe I been tempted to think or maybe you have thought, I don't read the Bible because it's too hard to understand, all right? I don't read the Bible. So here's what's kind of funny. <laughs> like, let's, let's look at 2 Timothy 3.16. Man, read that by God profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. And God's like, but dad, gummit, if only they could understand it. No, 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 no. The Bible is not too hard to understand. Grab you, I'll admit, if you're in the KJV, okay, I can get a little bored with that. It's kind of hard to read, all right? Grab you an ESV, English Standard Version Bible, CSB, Christian Standard Bible, NIV, New International Version, NASB, New American Standard Bible. In my opinion, those are four, uh, not the only, probably the best active versions with translations with people who actually know what the original language says can translate it and you can actually read it, all right? You know what we're gonna see? I think there's only about 5% of scripture. I'm, I mean this for every single person in this room. If you've never read a Bible before, 5% of scripture that I think you would actually need some outside help to grasp a basic understanding. Y'all tracking? I'm talking like basic understanding. Like you can read Genesis to Revelation. There should only be 5% where you should be in the dark. Like if you pass first grade, like you should be, you should be good to go. All right, you should be ready. You can do this, you can read this. And, and, and the reason I'm so fired up about that, that it's hard to read, is I know that we've got a room full of people, you're reading way harder things at way higher grade levels than this, and, and, and I've done this too. You will do the work to make that grade to understand what you're reading, right, in your classes. And, and, and this is the word of God. This is the word of God. And so the, why Satan wants to get in your head, say, oh, that's too hard. Don't worry about it. He's gonna discourage you. If you started a reading plan in Leviticus, may, maybe start somewhere else, all right, all right? It's what he can do is he can totally immobilize you for the kingdom of Christ because how are you supposed to live for Jesus if you don't know his words? Right, think about if we're soldiers of Christ, we're supposed to be living for his kingdom, but we don't understand the language of the commander-in-chief Jesus as he's speaking to us. If we've never heard his voice, if we've never listened to his voice, we're not gonna know what to do, right? And so, what I want you to do, find a packet, someone next to you has a packet, I want you to look at that first section there. Super, super practical moment. There are several methods, I would say, if you have struggled to read the Bible and if, be honest with yourself, 
actually get something out of that reading time, I would say using this method for at least a year will be incredibly fruitful. This is called the Specca method. I've been teaching this a lot recently to different people I've been meeting with. It's very simple, it goes through it. Is there a sin to confess? Is there a promise to cling to? Is there an example to follow or not follow? Is there a command to obey? Is there knowledge that you need to hold on to? And is there application? Is there an action you need to take from that? Open any passage of scripture. Start reading. Pray before you read. God, just help me to see some of these things. Grab a journal. Grab your phone, whatever. Open any passage. Open a psalm. Open a proverb. You read. You're gonna find something. And you hold on to that. And you do that for a year. And let's talk about what God did in your life. Right? Right? Gift to you. Speck a method. You start using that. You know what that does? That puts you back in the fight. Puts you back in the fight for the kingdom. It gets, it gets God's word in your life. We need the Bible because God's word is so, so clear. And we're so blessed with so many resources and tools and, and, and books and, and podcasts and all those things that can teach us how to see that it's so, so clear. The next point I wanna look at is that we need the Bible not only because it's clear, not only because it's more, more than enough in all to tell us that our most basic needs, but we need the Bible because it is final. We need the Bible because it's final. Another way of saying this is that God's word gets the final word. It is authoritative. It has the right, because it's God speaking through these words, it has the right, in other words, to tell us how to live, to tell, us, to tell us what to do, what to not do, what our purpose should be. Where am I getting the final word part? I'm getting it from verse 16. All scripture is breathed out by God. I love teaching this. This word breathed out literally means thea nustas. Theos, God, nustas, breath, our spirit. And so this is a metaphor, right? This is illustration. So the whole idea of this don't be looking for physical breath, right, coming off the pages of your Bible. If that happens, would love to hear about it. Probably some weird stuff going on, but would love to hear about it, okay? As you flip these pages, metaphorically speaking, it's as if the very breath of God is coming off of them. They're fresh. They're inspired. God wants to speak to you today, right now. Another passage is, is 2 Peter 1, 16 to 21. You don't have to turn there, but it says that the, the, the prophets who spoke, and they weren't just talking about Old Testament, even the apostles who were speaking prophetically, it said they were carried along by the Holy Spirit as they were speaking, and not only that, as they were writing, what men originally spoke became written down. Did you know that? That's our New Testament. You know, all of this. Most of even the writers, Paul's letters, he was speaking it and someone was writing it down for them. Almost all of this content was spoken before written. And, and so as we, we talk about God's word having the final word, again, I, I do this so often, like there's just new challenges that I have. Like now in my season of life, I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a husband, I'm a dad, there's way, things that I wanna do. Would I rather go and work out for two hours than maybe keep it to 30 minutes and help Caitlin with Nora? Yes, but when God's word speaks as an authority, it tells me, Ephesians 5, that I should lay down my life as Christ laid down the church. And I'm like, well, dang, that's a pretty hard standard, but it's pretty clear. I should probably not ignore my family for two hours, okay? Y'all tracking? And so when God's word is an authority, what, what, where I kind of want to push back is like, but maybe, maybe it's not 
final, maybe it's just a helpful guide, right? Not a real authority. It's, it's one of many voices we can listen to. I would just ask you, though, how can you trust other voices to lead you in the right way? What if those other voices are contradicting God? So I brought Tyler up. Thanks for being ready to go, man. So what I want to do real quick, man, I think we got, him, we got Tyler turned up in the system. Dude, can you just hit a big old nasty power chord? Just, just I mean, it's your moment. Ooh, there we go. All right. Oh, that's pretty good. Now y'all give it up for him. Yeah, there we go. All right. So um, let's, get, let's get Tyler pretty hot in, in the system, all right? And so what, what's gonna happen is I, I'm gonna keep trying to, to talk to you guys and Tyler's just gonna rock out over here. They're gonna, did you play whatever you want, man? This is your moment, be the rock star. Like when you were six years old and you thought you were gonna have a moment, something, dude, this is your moment right now, be a rock star. He's like, bro, I hate you so much. So dude, just start playing anything, a power chord progression. I'm just gonna keep talking to you guys. They're gonna keep turning Tyler up. I'm gonna try to talk to you guys. Can y'all hear me? Thumbs up, can you hear me? No, you still hear me? Okay, can y'all hear me now? That's how this really, really funny story. Y'all are gonna really wanna hear this. Y'all listen in. Hold on, bro. Hold on a second, dude. That was sick, bro. Hey, could y'all hear me at all? I just, I just shared y'all how to know Jesus. Y'all missed that part? That's like the best part of the sermon, all right? Hey, I'll get to the point later. Y'all give it up for Tyler. Thanks for playing, man. I appreciate it. Okay, I think you know where I'm going with this, but a really kind of funny, hopefully stick in your head type moment, all right? Here's what's happened. There's other noise, right, happening. I started reading scripture when we got him turned up really, really hot. And so what we have, we have multiple different voices, so to speak, that are competing. It's God's word and, and that sick power chord riff that he was, he was playing. And so what began to happen is that my voice was not actually getting turned down. His volume was getting turned up. And so here's where I'm going. Here's what we do. When, when we don't allow God's word to speak authoritatively, what, what we end up doing is we allow his voice to be turned down and other voices to be turned up, okay? Just like you couldn't hear me, and that's what begins to happen. When you stop saying, God, whatever you say, I, like, I'm gonna do. I know it's gonna be hard. It's gonna be by your grace. I'm gonna mess up sometimes. It's you allow other voices in, and before you know it, you're like, man, I'm not, I'm not growing. Like, I just feel like I don't hear God, and you know why? Because his voice has been turned almost all the way down and everything else turned all the way up. It's, it's, like, it's like as I was trying to read scripture, like, y'all couldn't hear it. But when we allow God's voice to, to, to be the final, when we allow his word to be the final word, what we do is we properly turn down those outside noises, the, the voices of, of culture pulling you away, the voices saying we're too smart for the Bible, the voices that are saying to do everything that God would say that is not the way, and the voices that would try to get you to do something else when God is saying, this, this is what you're supposed to be doing. Are y'all tracking with this? When God's word is an authority, you turn his volume all the way up. You crank it out. You play a power chord with God's voice to his glory. And you say, you get the final word. 
I just want to hear from you, even if it's hard. Even if it means, like, I need to leave tonight and go break up with this person because it's so clear, right? Even if it means I need to stop this right now. Even if it means I need to confess this. Even if it means I need to tell my parents that I've been flunking every class since I began and I need to get real with them. Y'all seeing, seeing where this goes? Like, when God's word is in authority, his word, although it's gonna be hard, is gonna ultimately bring freedom. But you're never gonna experience that freedom if you allow that volume of those other voices to be tur turned up so high that you never hear truth. It's where the truth is, it's freedom. We need to let God's voice have its day in our life. And it's time to listen because God's word is final. God's word is final. So last point I wanna look at is we need the Bible because the Bible is necessary. The Bible is necessary. I want you to see verse 17. It says that we may be complete and equipped I don't know if I remember when we, we told the, the lie of the church exists to entertain you. And it's like, no, 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 the church doesn't exist to entertain you. The church exists to equip you. The basic definition that we gave of equip is to help you, to, to be equipped is for someone to help you become more like Jesus and to learn how to bring others along with you. That's just a very basic, simple definition. So in other words, to be equipped is another way of saying that you are growing, that your faith is living and active. It's not a dead faith. You're growing. And what that also must mean is that in order to grow in your faith, the Bible is plan A, right? You see that? All scripture, breathed out by God, it's profitable for da 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 that you may be complete and equipped. This book in your hands, which people actually died for, so you could have an English version, you could have, a, have it in your language of the common people, this book that you have in hand, it's saying about himself, God is telling us tonight and has been for thousands of years, this is my plan A for how you grow. This is my plan A. That's why if brother up here ever starts saying something against this, y'all get the tomatoes out, all right? Because I'm not helping you. You have my permission. I will not say that again. You can bring hope anyway. So in other words, when we say that I don't need to read the Bible to grow in my faith, the facts go another direction. I have personally never met someone who is growing in their faith and not reading the Bible. I have personally met a ton of people who are not growing in their faith and are not reading the Bible. Very simple. Period. When I look at the amazing things that verses 16 and 17 in 2 Timothy 3 say about the Bible, what I would ask, if you want to grow what other source are you going to find that would better enable you to grow in your faith than the God-breathed words of Scripture, right? Like, what, what source is outdoing this, right? Like, what, what are you gonna find? And then maybe some of you are like, hey, cool, look, I, I agree with you, but I would rather just have other people tell me what's in the Bible and go look at myself, right? Isn't that much easier, just hop on a podcast, just like listen to it, listen to sermons, and let me back up. I do that at least four to five times 
a week. Do I listen to a podcast? Yes. Becoming Something by JP? Excellent. Love it. Absolutely. John Piper sermons? Mm-hmm. I'm all over those, okay? But you know what they do? They supplement my Bible reading because this is God's plan A. <laughs> he wants me to read the Bible for itself. It's like, it's clear. And so here's what kind of happens. I stole something from Nora, guys. She's not even two years old. I literally stole from a baby, all right? This is bad. So y'all can indict me later. But what I have here is I have Nora's bib, okay? It's, my neck is so big, I actually can't get it around me, all right? I tried earlier today. I got Nora's bib. Does this fit okay? Is it good enough? See, if I drop the food, we're good, right? We bueno, all right? Let me see if I can bend over, okay? All right, and uh, this is a little cup we got. We put our baby food in there. And you know, let's be real, like, raise your hand if you like applesauce. I, I like applesauce. I love me some applesauce. And so a lot of times, that, that's, she's digging that, right? And so with, with baby food, um, applesauce can be eaten by adults, but it's one of the first things babies can eat. And man, it's good, right? We got her in her, in her high chair, and she's like, hey, and we're like, scooping her up. Right, and she's loving it. It's awesome. Now, here's the deal. We can't continue to feed Nora baby food, right? Uh, like, we have to move her on to something solid. Like, if she said she would only eat applesauce, we would just, oh, man, my bib fell. Oh, man, dang, that's what I get, okay? I'm just gonna throw the bib away. Anyway, it was a good visual. But if we just keep giving her applesauce, and only applesauce, and never move her on to some solid food. Like, she may be happy, but she's gonna be, she's gonna be malnourished, right? Like, people are gonna look at us weird. They're gonna be like, like, why is one arm bigger than the other? Like, I don't know if that would happen, but anyway. And, and so what's funny is that I know Nora, and, and I know that it was hard to introduce her to new foods, and, and she, she was obsessed with baby food. She, she is obsessed with the easy things to eat. Why? Because they're easy. We can just spoon feed them to her, but she has to grow up, right? She has to. Every single one of us in this room at one time ate baby food. And thank goodness, I sure hope, none of you do anymore. <laughs> Some of you gave me an awkward look. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to blast you. Can I tell you something? The American church is obsessed with baby food Christianity. We're obsessed. Read my Bible. <laughs> I'm just gonna... Go to church. Thank you. Thank you for the sermon. Scripture's clear. It's authoritative. It's profitable. Give me some of that applesauce. Mm. Mm. I really loved how he said that. I'm going to write it down. Oh, I forgot to write it down. Oh, I'm not going to learn from it. Okay. If we're not careful, spiritually, we're gonna look as funny and ridiculous as I do with a bib eaten out of a baby food canister. And, and what I know for sure, friends, <laughs> because I just know for sure, until we, you start diving into this book, or if you stop for a season, you, your spiritual growth is going to be stunted. It's your, you're, not, you're not going to grow. And, and, and I want you to grow. <laughs> I hope this becomes a room full of people who forsook the American obsession 
with baby food Christianity and said, I'm gonna start eating some solid food. I can read the Bible on my own. I have a degree in engineering. I can read the Bible, right? I can do this. That wasn't blasting engineering people. Just for example, okay? Like, you can do this. And then when you hear those things in your classroom, you can respectfully, respectfully laugh because you know better. And you know, it's not only foolish, it's not only a lie to say that's foolish to read the Bible, but you know that it has been the instrument God has used to totally, radically change your life. Amen? I wanna ask the band to come up. I don't, I don't tell this part of my story a lot because honestly, it's just kind of embarrassing, but um, I, I was a big leader in my youth group growing up and like I was that kind of like model kid who like led worship and like everyone kind of looked to to be the leader and like everyone would have thought, oh man, like his relationship with Christ is so, so strong. Like, gosh, he must be. And you know how much I was reading my Bible? You know how much I was actually growing? Zero. I never read God's word. And inside, I knew it. I wasn't growing. I put on a good image. I knew all the right things to say. I, I had some good prayers in my pocket. I knew how to pray. I wasn't growing. I didn't know God. I didn't know Jesus. I was struggling with, with sin that I had no answer for. Like Satan was just, I mean, just taking a hammer. I'm sorry, a baseball bat. A hammer would be like that. Just taking a baseball bat to me and keeping me discouraged. And I was months away from going to Howard Payne University to study to be a pastor. And I wasn't reading my Bible. Pretty embarrassing to talk about. Wasn't growing, none. There was a camp I went to in Estes Park, Colorado. Matt Carter from Austin Stone Church came and spoke there. And there was a night where God, through his word and through Matt, convicted me of two things. You need to confess your sin to your youth pastor and get that right before the Lord. And you know how he convicted me of that? By using his word. Because it's living and it's active and it's profitable. You get into it enough, you hear it preached enough, the Holy Spirit of God's gonna do a movement and an awesome, awesome thing. That's why we're gonna keep reading this. And he did that in my life. And not only that, I decided that very day, hey, I'm, I'm done treating this like it can be a book on the shelf. I'm not gonna do it perfectly. I'm gonna fail. But dadgummit, it says that it's the very breath of God wanting to speak to me right here in these pages. I'm not gonna live anymore like that's not true. You know what began to happen? From one degree to the next, small increments, growth. For the first time in my life experiencing victories over sins and struggles that I'd had for years that I never thought was possible. Why? Because God's voice for the first time was allowed to be turned all the way up and almost everything else was turned down. I'm tracking? Guys, that's what I want for you. What I just described, that's not so much of a dumb because I'm a pastor. This is for everybody. There's not a footnote that says only for pastors. This is for you. You know how encouraging it is to open to a passage of scripture and look out and see some of you nodding because I know you've already been there. You already know. You're about to just get reminded. You're not about to be exposed to this for the very first time. That's so encouraging. And that's what I want to invite you into. 
tonight, I just, I want to put a decision before you. Do not beat yourself up after the sermon. That doesn't ever work, okay? I get it. Past two years, woken up, gone through my day, not open this. That's my confession to you. And by confessing that to you, what I'm saying is I'm not saying I do this perfectly. Do not allow this sermon to be used by Satan to invite you back into discouragement. No, leverage this, leverage this passage as an invitation from the Holy Spirit of God to get into this. You have a decision you can make. Under the grace of God, you can believe the lie. You don't actually need this. You've outsmarted it. Or you can believe the truth that is so, so, so apparent. bow your heads, close your eyes. We're going to drop the lights down so you guys can just have a little bit more of a reflective prayer time. My hope is that there's someone here in this room that was like me when I was 18, that you were just like, you know what, God, tonight, tonight that, that ends. I'm, this is your word. I, treat it like it now I'm going to dive in I'm going to use some of the stuff that we've given I'm going to dive in God in the quietness of your heart I just want you to ask man if you would admit it would you say that God's word hasn't had its rightful place in your life man if you would admit like you're, you're not you're not growing you haven't felt God's presence in your life you haven't felt him speaking in your life and, and if that's you you to the very reason tonight that I read the Bible, and that is because in the Bible, I see the cross of Christ. I saw Jesus. That's what we learn about him is in, in, in Scripture. The cross has the final word. I, I learned about him, how he died for my sins in an act of sacrificial love, and that's why I read the Bible, because I'm like, man, there's more to the story. There's if, if such a beautiful story like that is in there, I want to know all of it. and say, you know what? I'm going to read the Bible from a motivation of knowing that I can, I can know my Savior. I can know my Creator through this book. And I want to know everything He has to say about Himself. The Word of God is worthy to be listened to. And the Word of God became flesh in Jesus to prove it. He has the final word really want to put the nail in the coffin on listening to God, you look at that cross. It's when he cried out, it is finished on the cross. That was a powerful word for you and me to not only save us, but it was an invitation to say, your time of living for anything else but me is finished. It's time to follow me. We hope you are encouraged by today's podcast. If you'd like to learn more about The Journey, check us out on Instagram or Facebook at The Journey LBK. Thanks for listening.